gathered you all here. Now that we've gathered you all here today to celebrate a thing called life. Um, we're actually not celebrating a thing called life today. Um, I mean, like, we are, but we're not. Um, okay. Oh, also, the we in question. This is crime culture. Hi. That's Haley. Yes. Hi, I'm Caitlin. Um, and this is my episode today, and I definitely knew that two hours totally ago. Totally knew it all day. All day. Didn't, didn't Fully binge prepped. Outer Banks and, like, fuck off with my hair and, like, try out new eyeliner and all kinds of shit thinking it was like a whole ass saturday no not at all um yeah today we are talking about cadaver dogs because at the end of the month (gasps) is national dog day is it yeah and we love puppies but we also love a dog with a job yay yes so I don't know. I guess we'll just get right into it unless you've got anything you want to say at the top, the tippity top. Uh, no, we can say stuff at the end because I know we both saw a movie that we uh, both really like. Oh, liked, it's my palate cleanser. Don't even get... Yeah. All, right, okay. all right, all right, all right. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. This is going to be a great day. Okay, this is a great... This is just... It's I'm so day. excited. Oh, uh, one PSA I do want to throw out there. It's less than 100 days till Halloween, so... Get yourselves right. Uh, I walked into Home Goods the other day and they had Halloween shit out. So get yourself prepared. Um, Halloween. That's all I have to say. I walked into Home Depot the other day and the 12 foot skeletons are back, baby. (gasps) We love to see it. I know. I know. I'm so excited. Every year I want one and every year I'm still in an apartment where I can't really have one I want to put one on the roof of my building. I fully support this. I fully support this. And it's on this. like a main road. <laughs> it is. That's why I fully support it. I realize you're explaining this to everybody else and not to me. But yeah, no. I would love that. Please do that. I yeah. keep trying to bully my friends with houses into getting one. And they're all like, I'm not spending that much money on a 12 foot skeleton for one month. And I'm like, but what if not one you kept month, it up you all year round? Up. Yes. yes. I have that's so what many I keep photos saying. showing him dressed up for all different things so do that just picture it just picture it this is yeah this is how you live your best life as an adult um so yes the cadaver dogs um i'm gonna tell you about them because dogs have been celebrated for hundreds if not thousands of years for their ability to sniff a smell and lead it that leads you to a source love it um but behind that cute wet snoot are an average of 200 to 300 million scent receptors. Um, And comparatively speaking, human beings have about 6 million in their noses, which are far less cute and far less wet. Um, Yeah, we we do. We suck. Um, And we also can't sniff. So the scent regions of their brains, of dogs' brains, are also roughly 40 times larger than ours. So in other words, their sense of smell is about 40 times greater than that of the average human being. Okay. So dope, dope, dope. Cool, cool, cool. We can't sniff. And in recent years, researchers studying canine cognition have shown pet dogs to be able to just pet dogs to be able to sniff out small quantities of smells like the odor of their owner's favorite t-shirt after it's been worn in what is called residual odor. And the best known study of this was in 2007 when German researchers put 
like squares of carpet underneath two recently deceased corpses and then presented those squares to three trained Malinois. And the study showed the dogs accurately distinguished those squares from negative controls, though experts did like kind of contend that the findings were possibly uh, muddied by contamination and poor design of this experiment. But either way, so puppies, they can do a sniff. And if you're wondering about the kind of dog that would excel at sniffing, um, it it depends on the breed a little bit because not all dogs' noses have an equal sense of smell. For example, German Shepherds, which are a common breed for cadaver dogs, boast about 225 million olfactory receptors, while Dachshunds, those cute little wiener dogs, long, low yes. dogs, one of your faves... Um, Dachshunds are my least favorite of the long low dogs. Yes, but you need to have at least one for your long low dog farm yeah. to be fully complete. Um, however, on this long low dog farm, the Dachshund will not be the designated cadaver dog because they only have 125 million receptors in their little noses. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen, um, I forget what it was. There was some, um, I think it was Exhibit A, the show on Netflix that talked about the validity of cadaver dogs and stuff. And they talked about the validity of different types of evidence. And the, and one episode was about cadaver dogs. They had a lot of um, cocker mm-hmm. spaniels on their uh, on their cadaver oh. farm that they were training. They're so good cute. for them. I love a cocker spaniel. My parent, not my parents, my mom grew up with a cocker spaniel. Her name was Murphy, and she was cute as fuck. Um, I think I think that was her. They had another dog that they had to give away because the dog kept trying to, like, kill my mother as a baby. But I don't think it was a Cocker Spaniel. I think it was another dog. Um, Anyway. (laughs) No, no. All dogs are perfect dogs. I've been bit by Uh, three dogs. Two of them were dachshunds. (laughs) Well, my my mom's been bit, I think, twice. And both of them were German shepherds. And then, like, also... My mom's uncle got his like throat ripped out by a German Shepherd or something. Oh. Like it was a whole thing. Um, I don't think it was quite that. It gets more dramatic every time I hear the story. So, as far as I know, he got bitten by a German Shepherd who was a trained police dog that he well, then that he retired that he owned. Then. No, that he retired that he owned. He was like an FBI guy, if memory serves me correctly. It's a whole thing, um, and it's not what this is about. I'm sorry in advance. It's just, it's all dogs all the time. Um, so obviously like a good sense of smell is a major part of a, a of training this kind of a dog, but it's not the only part because they also need to be, they need to have like the characteristics of what you would need for a dog being trained so uh, hard, basically. Um, and so they yeah, it's, be... it's the same thing with um, with the the dogs for the blind. Yes, yes. Some exactly. dogs well, fail and... out of the school because they're too like friendly. Exactly, um, because they've got to be and and across the board for dogs that are being whether they're being trained for uh, detecting human remains for being a service dog what have you they need to be like just bold and obedient and smart but detection type dogs whether it's like they're detecting whether they're a cadaver dog a detection dog um 
they just they also need to be like very driven like willing to pull you down a mountain because they're tracking a scent just just mm-hmm. relentless absolutely nothing gets in their way um and and i keep using the term detection dog but actually i want to talk about that a little bit because detection dogs um also known as sniffer dogs are trained to use their senses most often their sense of smell to detect substances like explosives um currency wildlife scat contraband like illegal drugs or even electronics like illicit mobile phones in prisons as one article like showed that they were able to do um interesting but cadaver dogs in general are not considered detection dogs um and that is because they are trained to tell the difference between human remains and animal remains while searching, hmm. which means they'll know right away if the scent that they are picking up is from a human, like a person or decomposing wildlife. And okay. altogether, they can identify hundreds of different scents related to decomposition, as opposed to the handful of scents that a drug or a bomb sniffing dog might be able to sniff out. So... Using dogs to find human remains isn't really anything new. Um, According to a paper in the Journal of Archaeological Method and Theory, dogs have been helping track down bodies since around 700 BC. Mm. Um, Wonder if they used one to find JC when they opened up the tomb and they were like, oop, he ain't there. Um, I don't know. I just saw BC and all of a sudden recovering Catholic popped out. So... (laughs) Over the many centuries since then, though, they've shown a just incredible ability to recognize the scent of decomposing flesh, um, whether it's hours old, decades old. Um, The earliest example of a dog pointing out dead individuals dates back to the early 19th century. So basically two women mysteriously disappeared in 1806 and 1808. And the main suspect was this man named Andreas Bichel. And the police searched his house and found women's clothing, but they found no evidence of these women. Now, granted, this is also before DNA, so -hmm. they can't very well be like, they also don't have like black lights, so they can't be like, okay, is there blood? Where's the blood? Where's the hair? Where are the nail clippings? All of that. So the police ended up just, they were like, we've got nothing. So a Soon after this, a court clerk took his dog, who was not trained, it was not a trained cadaver dog, but he took his dog for a walk around Bichelle's house, and it alerted to the woodshed. So the police went inside, they dug around, and they actually recovered the two bisected corpses of these women. Mm. Um, So that's the first instance of this. Um but dogs transformation into these like crime fighting companions um did not really occur until much more recently um it dates back to only around like the early 1970s according to cat warren who is a new york times best-selling author of the 2013 book what the dog knows scent science and the amazing ways dogs perceive the world um she's just a badass like she uses cadaver dogs actually in part to detect um, the remains of indigenous and African slaves, indigenous people and African slaves, so that their uh, predecessors today can try to get some answers. And 
and she'll do it for like archaeological stuff and and historical societies and basically there are people who have been murdered by colonization and uh just racism and all of that like uh slavery just you you know our country's horrible history with all of this and she will find Mm -hmm. with her with her companion find these remains to give them a proper burial to answer questions that families have not been able to answer for hundreds of years and to just Mm. really not obviously like right these wrongs but at least give them some justice and respect with at least a proper burial Mm -hmm. um so it's very cool the work that she does um but the the according to warren um the what do you call it cadaver dogs kind of came onto the scene starting in the early 70s when vietnam war uh, vietnam war era mm-hmm. i'm good i'm good um army researchers began just kind of digging into just how many jobs could be performed by dogs instead of humans both at home and like in war and in times of peace Mm -hmm. so new york state trooper ralph suffolk jr um he was a bloodhound handler who worked with the military animal science program at san antonio's southwest research institute and he was testing this concept so he trained a yellow Labrador retriever named Pearl, um, mm. and she was the first quote unquote body dog now known as like a decomposition dog, um, human remains detection dogs or more widely known cadaver dogs. So Pearl mm-hmm. was number one um, and she started her career in 1974 and that same year found the remains of a Syracuse college student, which were buried four feet deep. Wow. Mm-hmm. We 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 love a working girl. So one of the first cadaver dog handlers in the U.S. was actually a former Connecticut State Police trooper named Andrew Rebman. Um, he actually went on to develop many training programs for this discipline and co-authored the 2000 textbook Cadaver Dog Handbook. Um, and when the Connecticut State Police Department put out a recruiting call for canine handlers, Redman didn't initially apply for the program because while he loved dogs like his family's pet Newfoundland Cleo. Um, you got a Newfoundland. I I grew up with Newfies. Um, we love a Connecticut Newfie, and I'm sure Cleo was perfect. Um, but even though he loved Cleo, Cleo. That's right. I think I've met I, I think I met Cleo once. Probably. Because like your mom was, Yeah, your mom. She was also the them. largest she was the largest Newfoundland that I've ever seen. If anyone doesn't know, a Newfoundland is a very, very large black dog. But yes. Cleo was, in particular, very, very large. One day I will do a thing on the lore behind Newfoundlands because, fun fact, um, if you've ever seen Peter Pan, Nana, and I'm yes. sure I've talked about this if we're over 300 episodes and there's no way I haven't, um, but Nana was actually the first... Uh, what was was a newfoundland at first that's how jm barry wrote her because he Uh had newfoundlands and he saw how well the newfoundlands behaved with children and he was like oh like a great nanny dog would be 
in Newfoundland. But according to Disney, um, a giant black dog did not test well with little children and they got scurred. So we had to change it to a St. Bernard. But like, we all know that Nana Nana is, it's Newfoundland erasure is what it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Cleo, back to Cleo, because it should be always about Cleo. Um, he he didn't think he was really qualified. Repman didn't think he was really qualified for this job, no matter how much he loved any dogs, including, but especially Cleo. Um, but one day that all changed when Repman brought Cleo to work one day because she had just competed in the American Kennel Club, competed in American Kennel Club's obedience. Um, and so the AKC for short. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to show off some of her moves and like, look at how cute and big and black my dog is. Um, And in the process, he like it immediately got him noticed and he launched his career as a police canine handler. And he has participated since the 1970s in thousands of cadaver dog searches. Oh, damn. Yeah. So using cadaverine and putrescine. Um, which are chemicals produced by decomposing corpses. Redman yes. trained, yeah. Um, Redman trained his first cadaver dog, Rufus, to pick out the scent of death. Um, and these chemicals later became among the many tools that trainers even today rely on to train dogs on how to distinguish the scent of cadaver dogs uh, of cadavers. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of Redman's team's first major findings was the body of a woman who had been murdered by her husband. Ain't that always the way? Um, Rufus found her buried in the couple's yard, even though she was down more than four feet, covered in lime powder. And on top of this was a brand new concrete patio. Damn. Rufus Dunn found her. So in a more famous Connecticut, um, case in 1986 another cadaver dog named lady was also used to solve a case that we talked about on episode 181 the murder of helicrafts aka the wood chipper murder uh-huh uh-huh um tldr the dog indicated they were able to at, at a beach with a wood chipper they were able to put two and two together and this marked the first time the state of connecticut prosecuted a homicide case without a complete corpse damn yes and according to warren or like as warren said quote lady played a really important part end quote um so since then the use of educated sniffers has become a widely common practice in missing persons and homicide cases and disaster recovery um, the number of police dogs in the U.S. alone has grown from 2,000 in 1989 to as many as 50,000 in 2010. <gasps> but it's important to note that although ca- cadaver dogs help solve cases with the police to bring closure to families, not many are actually employed by law enforcement. We love a pup that says a cab. So as Warren put it to the AKC, quote, well-trained cadaver dogs are a really good tool end quote because whereas human brains like get stuck in like a groove basically they will go over the same thing over and over again dogs Mm -hmm. have no preconceived notions they don't limit their searches based on crime scene tape they only know what their nose knows so 
she said, quote, as humans, we get an idea, an idea fix about something. The dog can say, silly people, look over there, end quote. So to train a cadaver dog, they are, they are trained at specific, like, specialized training facilities, typically in puppyhood, um, through exposure to various elements of decomposing human remains, though in some countries where human remains are not readily available for training, though apparently you, there are human bone dealers in Asia. You can buy human bone on the internet. Did you know this? Because I didn't know this, Hate and that. I wish I didn't. Yeah. Um, happy birthday. I'm going to send you some bones. So in some countries where they can't really access human remains, other animals may be used. For example, in the UK, they use pigs, um, with the thought process being that like pigs are similar in size, they have hair and skin like human beings. Um, I know of a friend of my mother's who he had a heart transplant and he was one of the first people to get basically a pig's heart because their hearts are very similar to humans. Um, so they are like similar enough, but these training methods can have varying results. Mm -hmm. um, and during training, those chemicals that I mentioned before, um, cadaverine and putrescine, are used, among others, to um, mimic the sense of decomposing human flesh before the dog moves on to training with real body parts. So the dogs then learn to differentiate between different types of decomposing flesh, including recently dead victims, long dead victims, drowned victims. And the training materials encompass different parts of the human body at different rates of decay, including bone, teeth, and adipose tissue. So training for a cadaver dog includes trailing, which is a skill that dogs or allows dogs to pick up on scents that have fallen on the ground such as instances mm -hmm. in which a body is dragged as well as air scenting a skill for picking up scents in the air which includes smelling decomposing remains in the air and following the scent to its source um, they're also trained to detect in bodies of water which according to a buzzfeed interview with jason perguson who runs the highland canine training in north carolina quote the short very non-scientific version of it is when human decom de humans decompose that tissue will off gas right the mm -hmm. body will expel gas because those gases are lighter than water they will oftentimes not always rise to the top and now a dog's able to detect that faint smell and be able to sort of narrow down where their body is underwater end quote that's so crazy i know um and the way that they kind of get dogs to do this detection and train them is that basically these dogs associate play with the odor of a dead body. So yeah. the trainer can make the dog look for the target as if they were playing fetch. The trainer will throw an object with the scent and command the dog to search or imprint the dog by making them carry a pipe or other object containing the scent for a period of time. Yeah. And after the dog understands what the search means and like what the word search means and what to search for, that's when dummies enter the training mode and the dog learns to locate the source of the scent and associate it with a body. So during training, Making dogs understand what they are looking for can be found anywhere is also vital. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they may not look for certain areas like mud or lakes and think that the source of the smell can't be there. So the training of cadaver dogs must involve all types of terrain and weather conditions. Um, another key component of an effective cadaver dog besides like i've said before like sniffing is they need to have stamina because these searches can often last for several hours Mm -hmm. Um, so for example michael's parents dog who is bored of us at least very quickly though he doesn't tire particularly easily and does not like to go out and use the bathroom when it is raining or when it is snowing wouldn't probably not be a good indicating like like cadaver dog despite the fact that he is trained to hunt for rodents or not trained but like bread that's what yorkies are for yeah um but anyway so Each dog receives about a thousand hours of training before they're ready to work in the field, um, which makes them a highly valuable investment for law enforcement and other types of search groups Mm -hmm. Uh, because they're able to pick up scents on the ground, in the air, in water. Cadaver dogs can identify crime scenes even if the body hasn't been moved. And depending on the circumstances, they may also be able to lead search teams to where a body is relocated to. Mm-hmm. So according to Ferguson, there are three main types of cadaver dogs. Quote, the standard cadaver dog, sometimes called a field cadaver dog, is trained to go out and search for, locate, and alert to human decomposition, usually in wooded areas, big fields, national forests, maybe even in people's homes or vehicles or barns. The second type is called a disaster cadaver dog. And mm-hmm. that's similar to the dogs that were used during 9-11 later on in the process. Those dogs are utilized once an operation moves to what is considered a recovery operation and no longer a rescue operation. So Mm -hmm. their skill level is actually a little higher than those initial dogs I was talking. He he's still speaking. I was talking about in that they can work in even more demanding environments, rubble piles, areas where there's been a natural or man-made disaster, glass buildings, glass structures, that sort of thing. And then the third type is the most difficult to train only because it requires a lot more time and a lot more resources. And that is what is referred to as a water cadaver dog. And that's a dog that will locate decomposition in aquatic environments, lakes, rivers, streams, etc. End quote. Yeah. So we got three types of puppies. Um, in, in what's known as scent lineups. Agencies use trained cadaver dogs to match evidence collected at a crime scene to the scent of a suspect or a body. So according to Warren, because we each have a unique bacterial signature, no living human beings have the same smell. You and I smell completely differently. Well, shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when we're dead, that changes. You and I, same fucking scent um according, according to warren warren said quote cadaver scent is generic end quote which i just <laughs> i love it um but as warren was quick to point out to the akc what dogs find is only one part of an investigation um another problem is that the information they can provide can be hard to interpret in many cases they can tell you if a human being that is like dead has been somewhere but all the other essential questions who did it how did they do it when did they do it will require additional digging and analysis by humans 
Um, Warren explained, quote, dogs aren't perfect like people aren't perfect. I'd be horrified if someone ended up in prison based only on the word of a dog and a handler, end quote. Mm. But that's exactly what's happening. Um, increasingly, testimony from dog handlers has also served as direct evidence of guilt, um, accepted in lieu of an actual corpse, a drug stash, or other physical evidence of a crime actually being committed. Uh, judges increasingly allowed expert witnesses to testify about dog sniff evidence after the Supreme Court ruled on the case of Florida v. Harris in 2013, during which they found drug detection dogs to be reliable as long as the dog and handler team was properly trained and certified. So on top of Warren, legal experts also say that dog sniff evidence should not be used in the criminal justice system, uh, pointing to wrongful convictions, studies that show human biases skew animal behavior, and the fact that there's almost no published systematic research indicating just what these dogs detect or how they do it. Mm -hmm. So defendants and their lawyers, they can't cross-examine a dog, which means the accused cannot scrutinize the evidence or be able to readily confront their accusers, mm -hmm. um, which is a right enshrined in the U.S. Constitution. Like, you should be able to do this. Yeah. Um, an evidence scholar at the University of California, Hastings College of the Law, so UC Hastings, um, Benjamin Blum, who contends, he contends that such testimony short circuits the safeguards in place put in place by the constitution to discriminate between junk science and real science um speaking of science he said in an interview with science quote it's not enough to say i have this amazing expert with an incredible nose who can distinguish between scents you have to explain exactly what their method is end quote yeah so and and despite all those olfactory receptors just like humans, dogs are prone to error. In data from Australia, police recorded 10,211 alerts made by drug-sniffing dogs. 74% of those hits turned out to be false alarms. 74% of over 10,200. Mm -hmm. um, and so then Dana Delger, an attorney from the Innocence Project's Strategic Lit Litigation Department, told Science, quote, the cadaver dog is bridging the gap between pretty plausible suspect and guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, end quote. Mm -hmm. So according to Delger and their colleague, fellow attorney M. Chris Fabricant, a sniff could be used to corroborate, but they argued that a dog's indications alone should not be used to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt a person's guilt. Um, yeah. As they explained during one case in 2019, that the efficacy of cadaver dogs, quote, has never been proven with any degree of scientific reliability. The ability of a dog to detect the residual scent of a particular object, including human remains, at a specific location days, weeks, months, or even more than a year after the object was removed, end quote. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they argued, quote, a companion animal with a vested interest in pleasing its master is, end quote, is what a dog, a, any cadaver dog would be. Yeah. Um, not to mention, dogs are finely tuned into the intentional and unintentional cues and signals given off by humans. And they particularly pay attention to people's faces, especially our eyes. So just because... Uh, like basically like a dog can 
indicate based on biases as well as wanting to please their master. Yeah. They may, the dog may not be holding the bias, but they're looking to someone who may be holding that bias. Yeah, like the, the handler wants them to find something, so the dog is going to do its best to find something and please the owner and, like, get the, the reward for yes. finding the thing. Yes. Yeah. So in a 2011 study in animal cognition by Lisa Litt, who at the time was at UC Davis, Litt found handlers, quote unquote, cued dogs into making false indications in one test lit showed up every morning with evidence bags containing weed and gunpowder and explained to 18 teams that those target scents might be present inside a church no target odors were present inside the church and yet dogs positively indicated 85 percent of the time handlers said which suggested the dogs served as loyal companions first and objective scent detectors second. Mm -hmm. Similarly, uh, more issues came to light in letters criticizing a 2018 study published in Forensic Science International. Uh, there was this experiment that was designed to test the longstanding belief that dogs could, quote unquote, man trail unfamiliar scents by their odor. So in this study, the dogs correctly tailed, trailed people 82% of the time, but critics pointed out that inconsistencies stemming from the handler and experimenter's biases and like may have skewed those results. Mm -hmm. And so the journal's editors added a cautionary quote, expression of concern, end quote. There is also little evidence suggesting that all dead bodies immediately start to give off a standard identifiable, identifiable odor signature. While we don't, we, we no longer have that like designated scent that we each have when we die, we still don't have, like we don't know basically that decomp is an identifiable uh, I can't say this word for some reason today identifiable. identifiable yes thank you odor at all um so John McGann a neuroscientist at Rutgers University New Brunswick wrote a review in science arguing that like science the, the publication arguing that poor human olfaction is a myth, saying, quote, even in cases where you say, okay, a dog can follow a scent trail through the woods and find a person. Yes, they can. But what are they smelling? We don't know, right? We literally just don't, we just literally don't really know what exactly they're smelling, end quote. I mean, I guess we don't know, but they are following something because, like, it's been proven that dogs can, like, track people and stuff like that. Yes. As far as, like, dead bodies go, I don't know. But I think it gets to a point where, like, the dead body becomes, uh, you could smell it just as a person because, like, we just covered John Wayne Gacy. Right. And there were people that, like, went into his house and be like, okay, it smells like a dead body. Right. And in the 911 call for, um, Casey Anthony, the mother mm -hmm. said her trunks or her car smells like a freaking dead body. So, yes, it, it isn't. It is a smell that you can identify as a person, but maybe yes. like earlier on and like once the body has been removed, well, dogs and that's can the pick thing. up on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not a case of like 
the body is here. We know where it is. We know there is a body. It's just a case of, is there a body here? We don't or know. Or was there ever? Yeah, was, was there, there ever? ever? And, so, and like, for example, there isn't a comprehensive database to indicate how many times cadaver dogs have resulted in wrongful convictions. But according to the National Registry of Exonerations, which is a project hosted by the University of Michigan Law School, at least 17 innocent people have been freed after dog sniff evidence erroneously sent them to prison. Hmm. Um, other convictions have been upheld even after errors came to light. Um, Yeah. In 2000, Sandra Anderson, a prominent dog trainer and cadaver dog handler specializing in human remains detection. um, She has trained many people, many handlers and many dogs. Um, She testified and helped persuade a jury in Madison to convict a Tanzanian immigrant named Peter Kupaza who was accused of murdering his cousin after she claimed during the trial that her Doberman Pinscher sniffed blood inside Kupaza's home. So mm-hmm. he was ultimately sentenced to life in prison, which was upheld even after Anderson was jailed four years later in September 2004 for faking evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, the judge even said, that this discredited handler's testimony was quote unquote harmless. So in an, in a letter from prison, Kupasa told science, he quote, did not commit this crime. And that is 100% fact end quote. Mm -hmm. So you would think that judges, juries, all of that would be able to note the lack of scientific basis for dog sniff evidence. Like I tried to look into the accuracy of this and I did find a number that was a 95% accuracy rating. However, this came from a dog sniff handler. There are no like scientific, yes, there are no scientific studies to show with zero biases, like how accurate this is. Yeah. Um, And you would think that they'd they'd realize that there's no scientific basis that there's a possibility that the dogs would reflect explicit prejudices implicit biases or simply just the the desire like like i said before they're going for i want to please my human first and identify the thing second they don't know what's at stake (laughs) they don't know what's at stake so they just they humans what's at stake is we want to fill in gaps in our perception so the dogs don't understand that but also like i did not know for example until researching this episode that cadaver dogs are not 100 percent accurate because there's no uh, like that or rather that we don't know that they're not 100 percent accurate from science like that there was no study for this. And you would think that somebody who works in the field, whether as a judge or a juror or a lawyer or anything like that, would would also maybe know that or be made especially, aware of that. Especially because if this evidence is being used in court, this is going to maybe help put somebody away that didn't do something. Yes, yes. So and you would want to make sure that all evidence that is uh, submitted on this case is going to be 100% accurate or as accurate as it can possibly get but if there's no studies on how accurate this is it seems like it's uh irresponsible to have somebody's life kind of hinge on 
just the say of a puppy (laughs) like that's really what it is i do believe i will say this here and now i think dogs should be the judge jury and executioner of every uh case ever but if a dog um, doesn't trust a person i don't trust them and also if a person like outside of having a good reason just doesn't like dogs like for example if somebody got like attacked by a dog as a child that's some shit that they need to work through that's fine but like if they just have no other reason than just like i don't like dogs no that's a red flag that is a red fucking flag i don't own dogs i choose not to own dogs because i'm lazy but i love them i would i would gladly lay down my life just throw me in a puppy pit like if that's how i go that's that's a dream that's that's how i want to go i love Um, seeing all dogs like when somebody has a dog that i don't have to take out for a walk and stuff that's the best part yes i love that um that's the thing is yes i love dogs i just love not having to go outside in terrible weather so that they can take a shit more yeah um but that's but that's okay but yeah so basically research suggests though that many jurors do not see these these gaps that like these inconsistencies with that like they take they take dog's word as gospel Uh um for example in 2019 lit teamed up with itl drawer i think is how you pronounce their name um a cognitive neuroscience from London who studies expert decision-making and together they asked 554 mock jurors to read a story about a dog detecting the odor of drugs on a suspect's car, even though a later search turned up cash, but no evidence of physical activity. And so lit told science that the scenario that they wrote up here was meant to sound like just completely ridiculous. Like, just there's no way that this, this this would hold water yeah nevertheless two-thirds of those 550 plus jurors that were surveyed said they would have found the suspect guilty based on this dog finding like indicating that there was the smell of drugs in the car yeah yeah um and like that's scary if to think about it's but very it's, scary yeah, yeah. like and they're just they're at the end of the day like they're taking this dog's word their handler's word when like i mean it could have been anything the person could have just like hotboxed that car yeah like think about that so previous owner previous owner it could be that the dog didn't smell it right that the dog just wants to please the owner the dog wants like a little pepperoni Or or some shit i mean like i don't understand how the uh how the the smell thing works but a car driving by at the same time yeah like i don't know i don't know so still drawer told science that he understands why people put their faith in untested claims um even if it means ruining somebody else's life saying quote you sleep better at night the the detectives and the juror do if they find who did it and do not leave an unsolved crime here come here the dog comes and tells them end quote so it's just Uh it's all about at the like it goes right back to filling in the gaps we desperately need like warren was saying humans become so fixated on something over and over again whereas the dog is just like oh like i have no preconceived notions or biases the dog may be acting on 
their handler's biases or notions, but at the end of the day, these these dogs are not even aware that what like you said before like what's at stake that this is about more than just like oh find the toy find like this isn't a game this is like you someone can be put away for life well yeah and people aren't aren't looking like there's a lot more it's a lot more serious because they're looking for justice and they're looking for closure sometimes by any means necessary and even if it's not a hundred percent the idea of okay we have like just the the idea of having closure and justice and all of that is more important than actually having an answer even if that means there is no answer yep so yeah um that's my spiel we love a pup um there's there's a bunch of indication not indications there's a bunch of like um like instances of cadaver dogs being used in not being used but like being featured in media like pretty much every uh true crime or not true crime but like crime drama show yeah. like we has say the holy them. the holy trinity of crime shows mm-hmm. SVU uh NCIS and CSI yes and and even more beyond that like we've got the closer we've got cold blood We've got The Mentalist, Chicago PD, Dexter, like just so Yeah, if there's a crime show, at some point there's going to be like a a crime scene where they have dogs on. Yeah, Criminal Minds, like just just you name it. And like I said, specifically uh, that we've talked about it several times on the podcast, but um, that show on... Netflix. I don't ever think they ever did a season two, but it was really good. It was called Exhibit A. And each episode, they talked about a type of evidence and what are the benefits and the detriments to actually using it. So one of the episodes is on cadaver dogs or police dogs. So mm-hmm. look at that for more information. Yeah. And like and like Haley said, it's on Netflix. It's also on Pluto TV. If you oh, don't yeah, have yeah. Netflix or if you don't have somebody's Netflix password anymore, since you apparently they're doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, a 76% Google rating. And like you said, it is one season and that might be why, or this might be why it has a 17% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Other people did not agree, but if you, if you would like to see. I haven't seen it since it first came out. I don't know if there's propaganda in it. Like, oh, I don't true, know. True. True. I, I didn't that. even think about that. I didn't even think to look but, like, on they had Rotten one, Tomatoes and they see had what one the. Episode, they had the, one episode that, that was about specifically DNA evidence. And I was like, how could DNA evidence not be a hundred percent accurate? And they, <laughs> they talk about it in the episode. It was like, oh, that's terrifying and weird. Yeah. Well, and and if you want to see if you want to see just the puppy episode specifically, it's season one, episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only four episodes though, so like, it's not too much of a time suck. You know what I mean? Like, you can watch no. it, you can have fun. It's um, pretty cool information. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's puppies, puppies. Yeah. Uh, shout out to. A, I don't know if she was just a police dog or if she was a cadaver dog or something, but um, there was a, we had a family friend, at, as most people in the New York, New Jersey area did, <laughs> that died on 9-11. Oh, and he, he had a 
um, serve a police dog named Sienna. Oh, she was a very good puppy. I believe that. Yes, we love a puppy. We love a dog. We love we love a former police dog too. Yes, because oh, they're just sweet little babes. Yes. Well, and that was something I even learned when I was researching this because I was like, oh, like, what is the, like, how long can a dog's, like, career, like, a cadaver dog's career be? And it's, it's like with police dogs, especially, like, you can obviously train, like, an older dog, um, but it takes a lot more time and resources and... yeah especially like for a shorter relatively short working life but if they start at an early age it can t- it can be like 8 to 10 years as long as they they're like healthy yeah um and then when they retire they just they go they they get to be a pet yeah yeah sweet um, bebs sweet bebs we love we love well um you can find us on our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, email us, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. Our website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Patreon. It's in the link to in all of our bios of everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we head out, what is your palate cleanser? That's I'm so not fucking tr- ready. Not true crime related, so it's not a bummer to send everybody home with. Okay, so last Friday I had the day off, and unless somebody, I don't think anybody asked me to do anything on Friday, and I said, I, I don't think I said I was busy, but if I did happen to do that, then I did not have the day off on Friday. Um, because I was like, I finally have the opportunity to go see the Barbie movie, and when I tell you, I have been telling everyone, this should be required viewing. This movie it's so fun. It's so fun, but it's also so good. There's so much discussion of like women's role in society and just the the But it's the, not preaching at you. It's you can not. watch it as just a fun movie. You yes. don't have to go in and be like this is a dissertation in women and yes. feminism. It's, it's just not. it's a fun good movie it was so good to see i haven't been to like the movie theater in a Mm -hmm. while so like see oh no the last time i went uh i was super high and i went to go see cocaine bear um so (laughs) i don't remember uh i don't remember the audience of that but the audience (laughs) to barbie i saw it in a packed theater on a monday night at like 10 30 p.m sold out yeah like still i the the ticket i got on friday was was for for 12 40 p.m and yeah. it was one of like three seats that were left. Like it was fully, fully packed on a Friday yeah. afternoon. Um, but yeah, no, like I and I Haley, I knows because I like just hit her up completely. It It's such a good movie. It's such a fun movie to watch. But it's also just I, I walked in and I don't I, I came to the realization when I was getting ready Friday morning that I own not really any pink and like or at least not pink that i could wear to like a movie theater um and so i was just like oh shit like whatever i'll wear whatever and i walked in and it was a sea like when i pulled into the parking lot of the like complex that also happens to have them like the shopping complex that also has the movie theater it was just Mm -hmm. you were seeing pink everywhere 
and the closer yeah. you got the more pink you saw and when i was in the theater it was a sea of fucking pink people brought pink blankets to snuggle up under like it was yeah. there was so much pink and i was like oh, look at look at these like corporations and what they're doing and they're just selling the whole pink 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 thing to women and it's just like blah 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 by the end of that movie i was like holy shit look at all of these women and how we're all in, like united in this solidarity of yep. femininity and womanhood no there was a bunch of guys who wearing they pink were. at my movie theater yeah. as well we didn't have any like like truly i did not see a single man in in, in the theater i was in i i saw no, there, a baby there a though bunch, there was a there fucking a infant calling the entire time being like Bad! i was like you stupid. know what don't take your baby to the movie do not theater. take your baby to the up. movie theater also, don't take your dogs to the fireworks it's stupid they don't oh don't, be don't take your dogs to the fireworks who's taking their dogs to the fireworks people are taking their dogs to fireworks <gasps> and to like street fairs around no. here street i'm like fairs? your dog does not want to come street fairs no. depending depending no. like do you mean like Too a many farmer's people... market no just oh. like like a like a vendor's street fair do not bring your dog it is useless they're not getting anything out of it they're getting in fights with other dogs and you're not paying attention to them and they're getting their leashes are getting tangled up we it's love a puppy useless. don't bring be nice dog. to puppies do be nice to the puppies. do go they see want, do they take would your puppy to go see barbie sure every dog should, outdoor, every dog should have an education outdoor movie theater go for if it if the theater allows dogs um but yeah but go anyway, see it it's so good. so good it like it was it was so excellent and it lived up to the hype even after seeing it it still lives up to the hype i i would 100 percent go see this movie again if somebody oh, yeah, asked me, me to um yeah. and i'm not about that with a lot of movies um but it should it should be required viewing i think for everybody and i think that we should like greta gerwig make whatever the fuck she wants um because clearly it's working and one last thing before i let everybody go is i'm going to read this tweet that i sent Haley the other day because at the time of this recording twitter is somehow still alive and i'm not fucking calling it x um yeah i was gonna say did it change its name I'm we're not, not on fucking talking so about this know. we're not okay. we're not giving that any any extra airtime uh but yes i mean i'm not the only one joking about this but it sounds like a porn site name right yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. um yeah. <laughs> so de anderson um is who said this and it says this period after the barbie movie is the only time i've enjoyed landing on straight tiktok because it's a bunch of because a bunch of it is women looking at their partners going my ken's job is a desk no i take that no, back my ken's desk. job is desk yes is desk yeah. um and if you've seen this movie you'll get it if you haven't go see it my husband's job is music mine's is currently like it's it's desk mine mine is mine is mine is <laughs> mine is mine is beeps and boops mine is mine is synth i don't yeah, know yeah yours is home mine is home well truly and that was one thing did i say that to you or did i say that to somebody else where i was just like i've never been more empowered to be like fuck yeah i want to be the i want to be the like i've always you know that you know it's been like a primary dream or it's been a a long time dream of mine to be the primary breadwinner um but i was like i have never more in my life wanted for like michael to just to have like a stay-at-home michael and for me uh -huh. to be like the boss ass like president barbie is a ray bitch um because that's the thing too that i love is you can and why i think it should also be required viewing is like you learn so much because like 
I don't want to give too much away, but it's just like we we don't just apologize for too much. We 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 act so grateful and thankful for things that we deserve and that uh -huh. we worked really hard for and that we shouldn't be saying, oh, thank you for this. Like, thank you for recognizing my hard work. No, you worked really hard for it. Like, of yeah. course you should be recognized. And, and that's uh, just as important. Right, right before we go, this isn't a spoiler or anything because America Ferreira is in the oh, movie. Love and her. people, uh, I read, I saw like a headline to an article. It would be like, the secret uh, Easter egg in uh, in <gasps> I, Barbie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not an Easter egg. My sister will know. Jean will know. Uh, if she, I don't know if she's seen it. If you have, text me and we'll talk about it. But there's a line at the end that yes. as soon as it is said, I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. it is. If you know, you know. If you watch Disney you Channel know, you know. as a kid, you know. Yeah. You know. America Ferreira. Uh, yeah. I don't know her as Ugly Betty. I don't know I her know as her. Ugly Betty. No. Yeah. Nope. I mean, she's also Ugly Betty. She's also yeah. Carmen from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but also... But, but also, also don't know her from that. That's any not what of I know that. her from. Before any, yes. That's not what put it on. And people are like, this little known thing. I was like, you shut your fucking mouth. It's known, okay? Um, a Gen Zer wrote that article, and that's why it's little known. I'm, I'm calling it yeah. now. Uh, yeah, after after we get tired of this podcast, we're pivoting to our yes. Disney Channel original movies We really podcast. are. We really, really are. <laughs> um, but if you don't know what we're talking about, and you did see the movie, we'll explain it in the Discord, which you should join. Tell them yeah, what you they want. Discord. You got to message us on any of our on, on any of our social medias. So uh, preferably on Instagram or by email. Um, message us and uh, we'll send you the link to our Discord and you can join. It's just a little like chat community. I post uh, spoilers. We share pictures of our pets mm -hmm. and our arts and crafts and we share good news with each other. I lurk. And uh, it's a fun time. Yeah. So that is that for this episode. I have to go back and turn my fan on because it's hot as bowels here. Hell yeah. I've got to go see a desert about a person. Sure, let's leave it vague like that. <laughs> let's leave it vague like that. Uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.